Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. This is the last episode that I'll be recording in 2021, but this is also a unique podcast. I'm talking to someone that is the furthest away I've ever had on the podcast. I looked it up, we're 8,000 miles away, and that means it takes a speed of light 0.04 seconds to, to get. So if there's any delay in our communication, let's blame physics. So... Um, I have Ali from um, e-commerce sellers Pakistan, uh, also known as ESP. Um, he has a huge group of people that he is educated, and I think there's some very interesting things. He is training many, many people um, about Amazon FBA. Um, Ali, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Scott. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. Glad to be yeah. here. Yeah, you, you you said some. I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting things uh, about you know your background and uh, actually like what you, the group of people that you're leading are doing in the Amazon space. Um, but give us a little bit of background. Like, how did this group get so big? How did you start uh, in e-commerce, and what led you to Amazon? Sure. So uh, my full name is Huzaifa. Ali and uh, the group, the community we run is e-commerce success Pakistan. It was uh, initiated um, somewhere in the mid of 2018. And uh, I started with the idea of helping others. Like I started on Amazon Wholesale FBA in the beginning of 2017 for about one and a half years. I spent this much time because before this business, I was already in the negative numbers, like all my financials <laughs> were messed up. So because yeah. I moved from the US, from LA to Pakistan, and I was already like broke. So I started with this uh, wholesale FBA idea because I had a little, very little amount of money. And I also, to be honest, I, I borrowed it. So... With that said, uh, I mean, when I saw the potential, some profits coming in, I, I, I thought like, man, this really works and this really brings the profits. Yeah. You know? um, so. And uh, just for context, uh, so people understand, like uh, ESP today has 12 offices in Pakistan, over 100,000 uh, people a part of his group. And... Um, I think one time they mentioned my name uh, in their uh, group. We did a we did a broadcast maybe six months ago, and I probably got five hundred friend requests. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, um, it was, uh, and these these people were were interested. Um, but Pakistan also represents, I believe, the third or fourth uh, largest user base. For, for Smart Scout, the software that, that I build. Um, and I've come to learn that uh, they have a large uh, VA community, people that understand Amazon and, and FBA, but uh, are, um, you know, are, are working uh, as a part of other teams. And um, so that was very interesting for us to see, you know, the spike in uh, users from, from from Pakistan is probably not the first place that people think of uh, from a country to to partner with because uh, you know just the, the the sheer distance. But um, uh, 
English is uh, spoken widely there. Is that, is that correct? Correct. That's correct. I yeah. mean, the person who, who, has, uh, who has gone to some colleges, he can speak better English. Right, right. Um, I'll never forget. Um, this is a funny side story. When I was an intern at Qualcomm and, you know, there was people overseas uh, that were in the same program. And to hear them, like, I think at one point we talked about our test scores because uh, we were all like in master's programs and like they like killed me in English. You know, they their, their, their scores were just super high. And I was just like, oh, shoot, these guys know something. Um, <clears throat> So, um, but, you know, anytime I, I've worked with many people overseas and uh, I do think, you know, the number one thing before I would ever, ever uh, try and do more work is just like, make sure that I understand that, that the English is good. But so, so Pakistan has that in common, but they seem to really be emerging uh, in the e-commerce space. And you're teaching some people to run a wholesale business on Amazon FBA um, from Pakistan. Is that right? That's right. That's so, right. so tell us, uh, step us th through how that happens. Like what, you know, they obviously they're not on the ground. They're not touching the the, the stuff. Um, what What's the first steps for someone to get off, to get going? Sure. So what happens is uh, when we started in 2018, when I personally started in 2017, I had to create a form a LLC company in, um, in the state of Delaware. So I just followed the steps myself because I personally, being a Pakistani national, I still have the social security the whole time. So I had it. So I was able to follow the steps and getting the bank account, the company form and all that like EIN number, et cetera. At the same time, I also found some accountants, some tax professionals uh, who can help the people in the community here who can form the companies, getting the EIN for them and all these kind of stuff. So it became easier uh, for the people to form the companies in the U.S., mm -hmm. right? Until May this year, uh, the month of May, um, we did not have Amazon accepting Pakistani sellers. But since then, Amazon started accepting Pakistani sellers. And uh, we were, uh, it was a great opportunity. It, it is actually for uh, Pakistani sellers to be able to directly now register on Amazon as a seller. Previously, before this, we, we had to create a company in the UK, and then we would apply as a, a foreign national uh, using the UK company to open an Amazon seller account. Now we can do it right being right here. And uh, luckily, we have some prep services, some large warehouse in the US and the UK. I mean, the service providers who help manage the inventory and logistics for us. Okay. It's just the way you keep paying them. Uh, they will work for you. Um, most, of the, most of the sellers and the students in Pakistan are actually in Pakistan. They don't touch the inventory. They don't really uh, physically hold anything. Um, they just manage everything being here in Pakistan. They call the suppliers, they talk to brands, communicate with them, uh, create trade accounts and purchase inventory, negotiate whatever um, you know they need to. And then um, um, the, the three PL services, they manage the inventory and then they just keep on selling on Amazon, continue the pricing stuff. And luckily, Smart Scout also helps them finding the right brands. So yeah, this is how it works. Interesting. Um, 
what uh, types of brands are you uh, trying to work with? For example, um, you know, some brands want a storefront. They want, you know, a brick and mortar presence. Um, are you having more success with like uh, distributors uh, or that, that, that like carry, you know, dozens and dozens of brands or, uh, you know, what, what's the, what's the, what do you, when you're teaching your students, where, where do you steer them? So we do both strategies. We go for suppliers like distributors. So we work with large distributors as well. On the other hand, we also work with brands that, you know, you may have heard about reverse sourcing. So we find the products on Amazon, sometimes the right brands. Like I said, we use a smart scout as well. <laughs> and the thing is, the way we do you previously before, uh, to be honest with you, before uh, using, uh, before having Smart Scout, we were actually going through the, the products first, then getting to the brands out of, you know, multiple filters and steps. Right. Now, Smart Scout has cut it short to directly hit the brand <laughs> instead of going through the products. That's how it works. Awesome. So uh, just for uh, clarity, you know, I, I gave Ali access to Smart Scout about six months ago. I didn't know. I didn't. We haven't like followed up to, to how much he's using it. So um, that's always good to hear that it's that it's helpful. You know, um, I uh, as you know, since I started as a wholesaler on Amazon, I know that like that has like a really good. Um, angle on how to approach the market. So I, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm selling smart scout, uh, uh it, it's very easy to like connect with wholesalers and be like, Hey, this is the way to like, you know, it's just a faster way to see what's really going on. Um, so when you, when someone comes to you and wants to learn, um, do you have some sort of like, uh, do they need like a minimum amount of money to start? What are some of the challenges that that people that are starting uh, starting from Pakistan uh, facing? Sure. So we do it uh, two different methods. We have um, we have a training program for both type of people. Um, the one who who wants to become an Amazon seller himself, um, knowing or having the investment. We recommend starting with between five to ten thousand dollars cap, so they can see some potential. Mm -hmm. Because the the dollar to Pakistani rupee value is too high, so yeah. even a thousand dollars becomes like a a big amount of money. Um, that's that's pretty high, um, you know, above average for a normal person's uh, yeah. monthly income. So it it. Five to ten thousand dollars is a is a is a recommended budget uh, by myself. Now, on the other hand, we also teach or train people who don't have any budget or any investment. We train them as a virtual assistant, mm -hmm. so they can become a partner or a service provider. And the third method we also have is we help them build a full-on service agency. You know, so they. Whole, uh, they handle multiple clients on, on Amazon, or we also help them with Etsy, E-T-S-Y. So that's another marketplace, but we also uh, train them for that, for that. So that's how we, we train people in multiple categories. So the one who wants to become a seller himself, the other one who wants to offer the services 
So we accommodate everyone accordingly. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, because everyone starts from a different standpoint, and I do think um, there's a, there's a lot of value in just learning and and getting some hands on experience. Um, but the return on investment, I presume, you know, if they if they do come in and try and sell themselves, uh, you know, they've accumulated five to ten thousand dollars. Um, there should be a pretty reasonable ROI. You know, you can you can make you know uh, reasonable margins. But um, so, uh, and I presume that many many in your in your group are having success, right? Of course, we have like a few thousand students now who are successful <laughs> selling. I have a few, very less than hundred, like you can say, who are hitting close to hundred thousand dollars a month in sales. Okay. And um, you know, you as being um, an Amazon seller, you you must know that when you start, probably when you are in the $25,000 revenue bracket, your profits are pretty high, maybe 20, 22%. But the more you increase the revenue, the profit uh, percentage shrinks as well. Uh, Don, Don, that, that is my nightmare. Um, um, yeah, no, you, you, you start to, to get some overhead things. I mean, I, 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 could, I could spend an entire podcast talking about that specific point. All the reasons why growing uh, has challenges. I mean, um, yeah, our, uh, our labor costs have gotten much bigger. They're actually exactly. about double from when we were, um, first, uh, selling on Amazon about seven years ago, we're, we're, we're having to pay hourly employees about double. Um, that's including some benefits that we offer. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it gets tougher when you get bigger because <laughs> then, and then the warehouse, oh my goodness, it's a, our, our new warehouse is $50,000 a month. And oh <laughs> so that means that what, what that, what's scary about that is that means that we have to, we have to earn that much profit, you know, on top of okay. everything else. So, um, yeah. But then again, you know, then you get a lot of smart people. So I, there, there's advantage to being big. I'm not going to totally complain. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for this next year. We have uh, some good goals and strategies on where we can grow and what we can do. Um, so um, now Many people in your community that you're you're teaching, uh, they're they're VAs for others. Um, I totally recommend uh, people to to get help. You know, if if they find themselves um, in their Amazon account doing uh, what they may consider mundane tasks, you know, uh, um, I, I presume you, if someone were to come to you, you know, a U.S. seller and wanted some, you guys would be able to 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 help them out, right? Of course, of course. They can, um, I mean, uh, we have a, uh, a program where we do uh, provide automation services, but of course that's a paid service and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I'm also always happy to recommend the VAs to yeah. somebody who is looking for, especially outside Pakistan. So I think it's a better combination. Let's jump into the automation service when we were talking about it earlier. Um, I think it's kind of a a buzzword and it can mean a few different things to different people. 
Um, because I get reached out probably once a week, like someone trying to be like, trying to sell me Amazon automation, Walmart automation. And I think that like, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll want to charge as much as $30,000. And like, to me, it's a total black box. I have no idea what they're doing, what they're offering, what risk there is. You know, I, I, um, and people ask me, should I do this automation service? I generally am like, I think, you know, you probably want to know more. I, I, I don't, I don't advise people jumping into something without knowing what, um, it is. So in your experience with like automation services, uh, like you, you, apparently you've been in that business. Like tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So in, in our automation service, first of all, it's not that expensive, like $20,000, $30,000. We start with $5,000 a fee, and then there is a uh, monthly subscription, the salaries plus the percentage. However, even with $5,000, we close the automation program after a certain period of time or certain number of clients we get on board. So that's my first priority to actually have those clients um, uh, onboarded and, you know, start making some sales before, um, until we, we see some results on the pre previous clients, we don't really open the automation slots again to accept. Yeah. We allow them to submit the applications, but we don't really take them on board. But, and we do but, interviews as well. But when, so when you say automation, I, I think, um, is this using Amazon FBA? Is this wholesale? Is this dropship? Um, what's actually happening underneath the hood? For, for the clients. Sure. So you can call me a hater to dropshipping. <laughs> I no longer do it. Okay. And I don't recommend my people, my my students, nobody. I, I used to do it myself. I've been, uh -huh. I'll be honest, but no longer. So um, we do purely wholesale FBA. Sometimes okay. even though we, we take some more time um, than average on some clients, there are different reasons you can say. Sometimes we do face difficulties in the team management on that end, but that's not common. That's a rare case. On the other hand, we also face sometimes out of stock issues. I'm sure you know how common is that uh, working with distributors, especially how fast they go out of stock until we make a decision. Sometimes clients yeah. don't want to make the investments or the payments on time and the, the supplier won't wait. You know, so uh, that kind of situations, I think it happens with every business. So, yeah, this is purely wholesale FBA, uh, no mom and pop business, no drop shipping, no retail arbitrage, nothing like that. So it's a done for you Amazon business. Um, but there still have to be some risks inherent because, uh, you know, intellectual property notices like just uh, an, an Amazon account has to be managed. And right. Um, so, um, but presumably you're still having success, uh, with, with, um, uh, with people signing up for this service. Um, mm -hmm. do you want to highlight any, um, I mean, how many, uh, accounts have you actually been successful with this or, you know, um, I'm, I'm just curious because I, when I get offered something so often, I kind of just like want to know like what's. Sure. So we started this automation service very beginning this year, I think uh, January or February. And so far we have, I think, onboarded about 12 or 14 clients only. 
So mm-hmm. we don't really, we just, we just stop them. Uh, I mean, we, are, we can, they can apply, but we don't really take them on board. We reply to them, hey, it's going to take some time. We are not taking on board right now. Yeah. And uh, in terms of success, we have about 80% success. There, I, would, I can be honest and say there are a couple of clients who are still struggling. We are struggling with them. And one thing you mentioned, it's a done for you automation. In this case, and with, with us, it's not really like that. We do involve the clients still. I mean, for example, if we are making, let's say, an investment or payment of $20,000 on a single product, let's say they, the brand has MOQ of $20,000, and if everyone, I myself, or the, the head of the, of the training or wholesale FBA has approved those products to go through, I would still ask the client to go through. And the, I expect the client to review that product. We will tell them, hey, this is how the sales are. This is the potential. This is the competition. There is a risk. Of course, anybody can come in in the future. We don't know. But we think it's a good deal. And sometimes we have worked with existing products. We may just suggest those as well. So, for example, testing products with under $1,000 payment, um, I'm okay uh, going myself, uh, moving on without uh, involving the client. But when the products, the investment is more than $1,000, $2,000, I would recommend. And also, our clients are more educated in wholesale FBA. As I said, we do. I do interview personally yeah. before actually allowing the client to enter in the system. Um, I Yeah, I like what you were saying there. Like, uh, actually, I really appreciate you being like, uh, transparent about the whole process. And I, and I do think you're running a business model that like most people that in my eyes, like we kind of understand. So, um, uh, sounds pretty good. Uh, it, it's essentially like, um, just like a next step up from like a VA, someone that like really can handle the, the entire process. So, um, very interesting. Um, let's see. Um, so, um, now, um, where do you see your community, you know, going into the future? Um, uh, like in 12 offices, that's a lot and a hundred thousand, uh, people like what, what are you actively building towards now? Sure. So we are about 165,000 people to be oh. exact. <laughs> yeah. And um, overall on Facebook, YouTube, and all the, the social channels, we are uh, reaching about five, half a million now. In the, with, with the offices, the office we call success rooms, actually. Um, you can say them, you can call them more like an incubation center. <laughs> where we allow the students to also, you can say also say co-working space. I think that's a better word. Yeah. So co-working space, the students or the group members, the community members who are actually working on Amazon Wholesale FBA or maybe other business models, they can use this space. They sit there, they pay for it. They sit there the whole day. And every success room or the office has a mentor or the trainer available uh, throughout the time. So the students who are sitting there 
um, the whole day. They are working on the, their own, but at the same time, when they feel or find challenges in their business, they have the trainer right there to help them, coach them. So there is no extra fee for the trainer's time. It's just there. He's just there to help everyone. So this is a little, you can say it's still a co-working space, but it's more more than co-working space. I think the trainer's time is more yeah. important. So give me a little bit, uh, like, I mean, the, these groups are huge. Um, how are, like, they getting so, I mean, how is your group so big? Like, um, uh, give us a background on, like, the economy of Pakistan. Like, if, uh, do, is it true to say that um, more people are, you know, uh, growing up or and like this this a uh, career option of e-commerce of you know of more of a global mentality is is this talked about a lot or is this like a niche thing that you know only like you know a sliver of of the country is interested in yes so pakistan is a is compared uh, comparatively a very small country compared to the us i would say mm-hmm. However, what happens is when Amazon's um, before 2018, nobody knew about Amazon, about these e-commerce stuff. I mean, we had this online shopping systems and the websites similar to Amazon here, the local ones. But people used to buy, not really willing to sell on them. So when we started this Amazon idea, uh, there were other people. There were one person, uh, one community um, who was uh, before, before us. They were talking about private label mostly on Amazon. Being in Pakistan, private label still needs a huge amount of investments. And I, I see it as a highly risky opportunity. So I started, um, I, I was the one who took the initiative about this wholesale FBA right in Pakistan. And at that time, people thought it's a scam. <laughs> and now we showed them the real results. I continue before that, at that time, I was creating the videos. I was doing these live sessions, telling them, hey, do this like this. I mean, how to do the product analysis, going through the keeper graphs and stuff like that. So people tried it themselves and they realized, yes, this really works. So in in Pakistan, uh, people, communities like us can can get to media, to the, uh, you know, very easily. Also on on Facebook advertising, I, I can say, for example, take this as an example. If you do a Facebook advertising um, for a U.S. audience, you, it would cost you about $1 or between $1 to $2 per click. In Pakistan, Facebook advertising costs us about $0.02. and means $0.02. Cents. Not $0.20, $0.02 cents per click. So for me, I can spend $10 and have about 200 people uh, clicking my ad and if you if you look at it as a ten percent conversion or five percent conversion, I'm still uh, converting ten to fifteen people yeah. to join the community. So I, I've, I've, I've done some Facebook advertising, and and uh, well, it's really hard because of how expensive it is here in the U.S. That's insane that it's that cheap. Yeah, here here it's pretty cheap. So people make use of it, and uh, I will. I I hope it remains cheap. For the long time, but yeah, this is how um, 
it's easier to advertise in Pakistan compared to the other countries, especially the US, UK, because I believe it's still for much cheaper. Well, um, I, I, I legitimately, you know, as I've worked more with people overseas, uh, Philippines and Pakistan being, you know, two of the countries I see the most of, I definitely, um, I actually think it's really impressive or amazing and like that, um, that some of their global economy gets to spill over and benefit you guys so much and essentially uh, uh, raise, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of create sub-economies inside, you know, uh, countries where, uh, you know, they haven't had access to something like this. So, uh, I, you know, I, I do think this is actually a very uh, interesting and beneficial side of like what people might consider like, you know, a, a globalized uh, workforce. And so at the very least, like, I think you guys are, are doing something like very impressive. And um, I mean, uh it's to me, it's a side note that you guys happen to use Smart Scout, but like what, what to me the story is more that, like, um, you know, that Amazon FBA, even in the US or say the European markets, is, is so much more of a, uh, a, a part of the global um, uh, economy, the global e commerce economy. Uh, so pretty insane. Um, can um, actually, as, a, as one of a final question, how do you, how did COVID um, last year uh, impact um, uh, th- this business model uh, from your perspective? So I think uh, COVID was very helpful, especially for people who had who probably were laid off from their jobs. Many brick and mortar stores were closed here, um, especially during the lockdown period. So people needed something, you know, especially to make money, to survive, to run their kitchen. And um, at that time, we uh, we promoted more uh, to the communities, to the country. Uh, I mean, everyone that they have to join, they must join, they must do something in e-commerce. But besides Amazon, we also um, help them or train them or, uh, or just encourage them to do something online. And I mean, just sell something online. <laughs> like for example, if you yeah. if you if you talk about Etsy, Etsy is pretty much focused on handmade items. Yeah, and no. Pakistan. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think Etsy's a. I think it's a great marketplace and exactly a good, a good place to start. Um, yes. So you're saying Pakistan is a country where you're saying your, your group is big on Etsy. Yes. Right. So Pakistan is a country where you will find a lot of handmade items, like every street, every corner of the street has something making by hand, be it a slipper, the shoes, the leather goods, the mats, the whatever you talk about. So everything can be made by hand. I mean, pretty much here and people sell it on Etsy. Um, I have seen a lot of potential in the sales, especially like maybe you can say the rock salt lamps or uh, the leather jackets, the knives. These are all the things are, are, are handmade and being sold on Etsy very well. 
So this is how we started promoting. This is how we told everyone that, hey, you need to go online. You need to sell online. Just sell something. And we also um, encourage them to sell locally as well, like maybe brand building in the local uh, internet uh, services, for example, selling clothing store, creating uh, clothing stores on using their own brands. We have cities, like the whole cities here, who are specialized, let's say I can name Sialkot. That's one of the cities here. And it is specialized for sports goods. Like the last, I think there was a uh, World Cup, um, uh, the football one. So Sialkot supplies, supplied the whole, the whole number of um, this. Uh, I forgot the year, probably the one when um, there was a song Shakira sang. So at that time, I heard this news that Sialkot supplied all the footballs. So one thing, and then there is a other city that is specialized in all the textile material. For example, you can say um, bed sheets, duvet sets, pillow covers, just name anything and they will say, hey, we make it, no problem. And the, you, can, you can also tell them what quality you want from $1 to $100 each piece. They have the qualities according to your budget. So yeah, that's, I mean, if, if, if you go to Amazon UK and uh, just uh, type something, bedding, bedding set or whatever, and you will find most of the products made out, made out of Pakistan. Do Amazon search of Utopia, U-T-O-P-I-A. Yeah, I've seen, one of the, I've seen Utopia. They're, they're one of the top sellers. Always. And they are from Pakistan. I had no idea. Uh, that's <laughs> super interesting. Now, they're a very serious brand. They're big. They are manuf- Right now, they are manufacturing all this stuff themselves. They are everywhere on Amazon right, right now. I mean, a lot of listings. So sure. I would love this to is talk. the potential, you know? Yeah. I'd love to talk with them. That's so, um, sure. it's like you're, you're saying that Pakistan also has a, a big manufacturing sector that could, uh, you know, be competitive with, um, China. Um, yes, that's very interesting. And so, you know, I'm sure you have contacts, you know, into some, uh, sourcing of these types of products. Yes, we do. We do. We, I have one of the private label uh, products in the UK in, in this textile industry. I have some other stuff. I also tried private label multiple times. Didn't get a lot of success in that, but it's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, well, that, that's that's pretty impressive. That's more than I expected to learn um, uh, talking with uh, you. Um, that Pakistan was so had, had a lot to offer. So um, you know, private labor, private labelers. You should if Utopia Bedding, um, they're a huge seller. They're they're one of the top. Yeah. If if they're able to to source and and create an awesome brand, I'm I'm pretty sure that other people can as well. Um, well, um, Ali, uh, uh, thank you so much for your time and actually giving this like perspective of of what you guys have done. I'm very intrigued to see where you guys continue to, to grow and how uh, e-commerce and Amazon FBA continue to impact, you know, your side of the world. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, that Smart Scout plays a role in, in helping out and hopefully, you know, uh, 
we can make the tool even better. Um, well, um, I, I do have a link if people want to learn more about um, uh, uh, the services that, that uh, Ali's group provides. Some of them are for uh, uh, U.S. or sorry, like, you know, based sellers if they want a VA or if they want an automated store. Um but also, I mean, Ali's spending, I bet you a lot of his time, you know, recruiting people into his community and training them and educating them. Um, I'll say it, but also leave it in the show notes. The, the website is ecomsuccess.pk slash automation. And that will get you to learn more about it. I, I do. I'm so glad that we kind of like, it's not just a black box that you got to explain a little bit more about it. So it feels like an actual service that people are involved in. Um, I would never recommend someone jump into a, a like a, say a drop shipping automated service. That just sounds uh, like your account's going to get shut down real quick. Yes. So I, I just want to add one more thing here. So even somebody is willing to um, is some, if somebody is looking for a virtual assistant recommendations, maybe hiring somebody, the qualified one from our community, they can still go ahead and submit this automation form and okay. mention those notes in the in the intro section. I mean, uh, don't worry about the pricing information mentioned on the form. We are not going to charge you for recommending any VAs. It's just I want to help you as well as the VAs of my country so they get uh, to work along with you guys as well. So yeah, just go ahead and fill out the form and um, we'll get back to you on that. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Ali, for, for jumping on. Um, uh, again, I am very interested to see, you know, where your community goes uh, at, with, with such a size. Uh, that, that's pretty incredible. Um, and uh, thanks for everyone listening to today's episode. Uh, hopefully, you know, 2022 has uh, fewer logistics problems that 2021 had. And uh, uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. One, two, three. Yeah.